0: Further up and further in to your presence, deep, deep, and deeper still in your river, satisfied longing. Welcome to Further Up and Further In.
1: I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy. I'm in Calgary. You're in Beaver Lodge, but we're yep. here on the screen together. I can see your beautiful face.
0: Exactly, and I just hid my face, so all I can see is yours, which feels way better than seeing mine and yours. Why is that, Amy? I don't know. There's something it, There's something with the mind where it's like we're not used to looking at ourselves constantly, and it actually drains our energy and takes more effort for us to stay focused.
1: I'm wondering if that ties into our topic today.
0: Oh, look at that. It might just... Uh-huh
1: drum roll and that wasn't even planned that wasn't even planned what is it that happens when we're looking at ourselves and thinking about ourselves
0: well we get oh stuck we get obsessive we get confused (laughs) we get off track we get tired
1: yes yes Those are all things that we're going to talk about today. How not to. So now people are really excited about our topic. I guarantee you. Yeah. I did just hide my view as well. And all of a sudden I have this other weirdness. Like um, what if I'm doing something that I'm not thinking someone can see me?
0: No, that is a weird. That is the other weird part of it.
1: I could quote scratch my nose thinking I'm in the room alone. Only you can see me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Which, again, turns out to be a self-conscious thought.
0: Mm -hmm. Not helpful. Nope.
1: So should we lead it inductively where we're going today? Sure. Ask our listeners, do you ever overthink? Yeah. Or
0: Or get caught up in all the possible options and all the ways you could go and they're all so good and what do you do? And And, and what do people think of me?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. There we go. So that's what we're going to we're going to answer all those questions today in a nutshell. Every yep. lives are going to be changed by this podcast. All right. It all started when I was preaching through Nehemiah, which is one of my favorite books to preach through. There's a million great angles in it. Nehemiah was a man who lived many, many moons ago. He was a eunuch in a foreign land, a captive person, an ethnic minority. Few choices, not lots of autonomy but favor, right? He, he was a wine taster for the King, which is a sweet gig. Yep. It's a position of power and authority. And, uh, his relatives are visiting him, his father and brothers, I think. And, uh, there, he asks them, how are things in Jerusalem? And they tell him how the wall's broken down and the people aren't safe. And this is a story that's like, it's been that way for 150 years, Amy. That's always what blows my mind. The wall's been broken down for 150 years. Like if someone was going to solve the problem, would it be done?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not like it was like, oh, just last week this happened and there's an urgency now to it.
1: Yeah. And like, is there probably smart people that could have done something about it? Like qualified people, like maybe a stonemason? I don't know. Yep. What's a wine tester in a foreign country that's never seen the city got to do with this? So I can tell I love the whole book, right? Nehemiah's heart is so moved. He weeps actually, like he starts wailing for Mm. Jerusalem. So long story short, he gets favor with the king, gets letters of authority. Super important there actually goes back to Jerusalem surveys, comes up with a plan. It's a great leadership story. And he's got these enemies, Sanballat and Tobiah, I like to say in their names. So let's throw that in a lot. And they're constantly harassing him. Mm Mm-hmm. They are like telling the people they're stupid. Do you think by your little bit of worship, you're going to rebuild the city? Yeah. Um, you know, insignificant, incompetent, incapable. It's never yep. been done before. Who do you think you are?
0: Yep. Just that one. <laughs> I was just throwing that one in.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 they're asking who do you think you are? Which is yep. the critical question. I'm laughing because that's one of my questions in my head often. I know. That's are. why. That's why I said it amy's amy's harassing me (laughs) who do you think you are that's exactly and you can see when you read this this is why i like the book so much right like do you not often sometimes occasionally maybe you specifically or rhetorically to our listeners wonder if you're insignificant inadequate right the enemy always sends us believable lies
0: yep and and Yep, those believable lies, and also ties in, right, they're rebuilding the wall, and so it was, like, insignificant, but also then called into question, like, what they were actually doing, like, what you're doing is a waste of time, this isn't going to make a difference, this isn't going to change anything, which is mm-hmm. similar as, like, you know, you're insignificant, but but a different slant, too, because now it's, you know, not only an identity thing, and it's a a focus or activity thing right yeah. yeah
1: and uh I mean Nehemiah does such a good job oh and then at one point the people complain like let's just throw that in there complaining not helpful quoting the enemy and then there's a whole chapter where they're fighting with each other which is super critical and somehow Nehemiah hangs on through all of this which blows my mind yeah I mean clearly God had prepared him for this calling and assignment and then, when you get to chapter six, Sam, Ballatt and Tobias send an open letter. Yeah. It says, first, they like send him four messages. Four times, they sent a message asking him to come out and um, meet them at one of the villages in the plain of, oh no. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't resist. Every time I realize O N O was the name of a place, but all I can think of is the enemy is forever calling me out into the plains of, mm. oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime a sentence starts with that in my head, I'm like, wait a minute. The enemy is trying to trap me here. And the, oh no. Yeah. And like the place that they called him to is a, a day's journey on foot away from the city. So it would have been a significant distraction to come.
0: Mm hmm.
1: I just love his response. He says, I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop uh, working to come meet with you? His fierce clarity, Amy. Yep. Like, would you have had any sort of second guessing right? thoughts? Yeah.
0: And four times. Like it wasn't yeah. even just once. It was like four times. Yeah. I mean, I can actually see myself thinking, well,
1: because you know how I am. Just want everybody to get along well maybe they're calling me out there to reconcile like what if I ignore this invitation and I don't go mm. and I'm missing a great opportunity and then there's FOMO
0: yeah yeah oh yeah right and I'm, I'm trying okay because I don't think mine would be that slant mine would be like I don't oh, well I'm... like maybe like what's the right thing to do like maybe this is the right thing to do maybe I shouldn't if I don't go there then I'm making the wrong decision because you know maybe there's Right. Maybe they know something more or they, you know, they have more information than me. Maybe this is a good idea. Right. Like, I think it's more in the right, wrong. Yeah. Information slant for me. Which makes perfect sense. Right. Different personalities are going to have a different pull. Yep. And yet Nehemiah, as far as we know, had none of that. Apparently. And so I'm like, how did he know? I'm always admiring these
1: people that are so fierce and clear. And and then it says after four times the same message, the fifth time is when they came with an open letter. So this is like posting something on social
0: media. Yep. Yeah. And tagging and tagging all the people. <laughs> there you go. And and it says like there's a rumor that
1: tells, and I've heard it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebuild rebel, and that's why you're building the wall. According to these reports, you want to be their king. Like oh, these yeah. are like innocuous whatever to us but it's fascinating because there's a little bit of truth yeah they are building the
0: wall yep and even the part that says you can be very sure that this report will get back to the king so I suggest you come and talk it over with me right oh my goodness so (laughs) Go ahead, Amy. Oh, I just like, I i mean, I've read through this and a couple of years ago. We did a sermon series on this at our church. But that part, I'm like, that is brutal. They basically said ish truth things with some lies, but then also threatened. And pe- the person that has given you favor will find out about this. And once they find out about this, you're going to lose everything.
1: That, it was like when I was reading it this time, I could see the enemy overplayed his hands. Yeah, and that's what gave me the clue. So I think this is me interpreting scripture and taking it somewhere. So like not claiming this is the literal word, but I think there's two things at play here: discernment, which is a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. Right, we ask the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. Somehow He knew. <laughs> he replies, "There's no truth in your story. You're making up the whole thing." Like He doesn't even give an ounce of attention to the one little drop of truth in it. Doesn't defend himself. He says, "You're just trying to intimidate us, imagining you can discourage us and stop the work." So I continued with greater determination. So I see that he has a level of discernment, and I also see he's really clear on his identity. Mm. Yep. And i th- I think that that's the thing that we we're even kind of poking at and joking at with the uh, you know, not seeing ourselves on the screen. Yep. Yeah. Identity. Yeah. I'm thinking about myself. Well. He had such a confidence in his relationship with the king. So go ahead and write a letter to the king. The king's the one who sent me here.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: Right? Like, do you know you're the beloved child of the most high God? Even if someone posts an open letter on social media and tags you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oof, Social media. Yeah. I think, right. I think there's two parts. I said, um, right. Definitely the identity for sure. And there's another mm-hmm. part of being so clear on what he's called to do. Yes. Right? Like I think we can have I uh you know our identity really squared away. But if we're yeah. really not sure what our purpose is or what God's created us for or what our focus is should be for right now, mm-hmm. then there can be a little a lot of wobbly spots of like maybe we maybe I should be going out to meet them because maybe part of my job it maybe some of my focus is going to be the reconciliation with the neighboring people right yeah
1: and he knew that wasn't his job
0: yep actually
1: and even later on after the walls completed and the gates are hung he appoints someone else to be governor nehemiah does and i love that because it again it says he knew what his both his identity and his assignment was he didn't go grasping for anything outside of that
0: yeah so how do we get clear on these things amy yeah i just want to point out that's that's so good that you mentioned the governor thing because you know the samblat invitation is like to something not good he already knew there were threats being made he knew they were sketchy people Right. So it's like, you know, it would be choosing between something that's good and something that's like on the first look bad. But the governor thing. Yeah. Now he's choosing or looking between two things that are really good and he still had complete clarity.
1: Yeah. And the fact that he was done his assignment on the wall, he could actually now think like, who am I? If he thought his identity was in his work, who am I? Then go grasping for something else.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. What do you think? Well, How you really I think it's so clear on his identity. I mean, really, getting clear on your identity is first. I think figuring out, even just asking yourself, okay, who who do I actually think I am? Yeah. To take a to take an honest account, because then you can figure out, oh maybe my identity is in some sketchy stuff or maybe man. Yep. No, I recognize I have found my identity in Jesus and who he calls me. So I kind
1: of have a couple of like practical things and sometimes it's like finding out who you're not.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Like that one little question out of um, Donald Miller's book. I only matter if yeah. And fill in the blank. Well, I I think the first time I did that, it was like, I only matter if I make everyone happy. Yeah. So that says something about where I was finding my identity Mm -hmm. and how I can make other people around me feel good. makes me feel like a valuable person. Yeah. So that's like a totally crap identity thing that that would drag me around all the time oh here's someone to make happy here's someone else who needs to be made here's someone who's not happy now I need to put a ton of energy into making Mm -hmm. them
0: happy yeah
1: which would be like a total distraction from the assignment
0: when our identity is is firmly rooted in Jesus it's like we're firmly rooted but if we're grasping or kind of looking to all these other things it's kind of like you know we're chained between us and other things and so as those things move we also are moving and we're now wobbly and unstable and you know unsettled
1: i mean there's also the thing of i need to know what god says about me is true which Mm -hmm. we can find in scripture but sometimes then that just can feel like a really analytical um engagement with something that's not actually helping because my true motivations come out of my heart not my mind
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so then it's like of course we always talk about the breaking agreement tool which is totally totally powerful
0: yeah the the breaking agreement tool, right? Once we realize maybe what we've done, I only matter if that there's some lies, but then the second part of that, maybe that's where you were going. The second part of that is Jesus show what you have for me instead. And so that's, that's when he's going to speak words of like life and identity that aren't just, you know, the scripture verse that we can all. Yeah. Recount.
1: And so you've done this a lot of times. What are some of the ways that that has helped you show up? yeah in your assignment
0: like when i've broken agreement with different things is that what you mean
1: yeah and yeah. and what jesus says to you instead
0: right i think often sometimes even when we're with when i'm within the assignment jesus has invited me into that if my identity isn't secured then i am engaging with it in like a needy graspy trying to get something mm-hmm. sort of way And it's like when Mm. I hear fresh words from Jesus about how he sees me or who I am. Then what I was trying to grasp for in the things I've now received from Jesus. And so I'm now offering things in my assignment as opposed to showing up to try and get whatever Mm -hmm. I feel is insecure inside of me.
1: To reassure you of your value significance and who you are
0: huge and so when you're when I've received that from Jesus I'm now settled and now I can operate out of that instead of operating to get that
1: Mm -hmm. so that would be like Nehemiah going to get something affirming from Sanballat and Tobiah as opposed to sticking with his assignment which was actually kind of getting boring and long at this point yep I think one of the ways it shows up for me is that when I'm anxious about self, um, it's really hard for me to show up in the way that God designed me to, to authentically not make other people happy, but to remind other people how deeply loved they are. Mm. And it's really interesting how those two things are so close. Like my yeah. assignment from God, no matter where I go, what I do, I, when I show up in God's design, I help people know how much they're loved by the father. Yeah. How much He cares about them. And I can do that through preaching and teaching and, you know, a lot of other things, but also daily interactions. Mm-hmm. But even whether it's a small thing, like chatting with a server at the restaurant that I think God wants to remind they loved or preaching boldly what I am able to know and preach. Self gets in the way of both of those. Mm hmm. And, uh, that thing that I know I've shared on here so many times, like Jesus says, I'm delightful that mm. I'm not a burden and a problem. I'm delightful. And it's so weird how remembering just that moment gives me courage. Mm. It tells me I don't have to do things perfectly, but that I do need to show up and that yeah. if I show up, people are going to discover that delight. So identity is important mm-hmm. to keep us focused because who do you think you are? Which you, I laugh that you said that which has been the enemy of my flourishing so many times is a complete opposite of you are delightful. Yeah. So the distracting lie of the enemy would take me away from the work to make sure everybody is happy so they'll know I'm delightful as opposed to focus. So the second part of that as you said was like not just identity but knowing what he's called to or created for.
0: Yeah. How do you discern yeah. that? Oof, good question a whole host of ways that could go down. Okay. Well, this is just us talking, right? There's, there's different assessments that actually can help kind of maybe point you in the right direction. If you're right, different spiritual gifts, different, you know, things to just kind of give you some insight on maybe the ways you're created, right? There's also just asking other people, what have you seen in my life? That's, seems to be what I'm you know made for. What have you noticed about me that no matter how where no matter where I go I seem to just always be doing this. Yeah. That seems modeled after the father's heart. That
1: is one of the best most helpful ways. Right. And those people that you can trust around you. Again, what if Sanballat and Tobiah were the voices he needed to hear? Well, he knew they weren't the voices he needed to hear. Why? Because he had already heard from the king and he had a group of people around him who were supporting his assignment. Yep. We need that. We need that kind of authentic relational vulnerability. I think I've said on here before Brene Brown talks about the one by one piece of paper mm-hmm. that you need to write some names on, however many can fit on there. At which point my dear analytical husband says, well, it depends on the size of the pen. <laughs> <laughs> however, whatever, you get the idea. I think there's six names on mine or eight. I think there's eight. Um and those people should be invited to speak into a little bit of this. Like, where do you see my calling? Mm-hmm. But everybody can't.
0: Yep. Yep, you exactly. Can't. Right. And then there's just a process also, right? It's like, maybe you've done some assessments that kind of give a hint. Maybe you've asked people and you have some ideas. And then there's the thing of like, okay, Jesus, I need like, talking with Jesus about it. Like, where, like, does this land? What, what have you created me for? And like, spending some time listening and kind of filtering that out because some people might have really good ideas about oh yeah you're gifted in this area but the focus for a particular season might be something different or it might be an angle of something that Jesus is inviting you into that maybe you haven't fully stepped into and so maybe some people haven't seen it you know does that make sense what I'm saying
1: another way I like to ask people this question is I just ask them when do you feel most alive
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: It's such a sign that you're in a groove in a sweet spot. That is exactly how God wired you. Yeah. And you don't have to try to be somebody else. You can be the best version of that, obviously, that mm. God created be, which is going to be an ongoing process. But I even do this with food servers.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I always try to get them in a little conversation if it looks like they're not too busy, because I want them to see, feel seen and known. And so I just ask, was in a restaurant with a friend, a couple of friends the other night. And it was really quiet. He wasn't busy. And so he kind of lingered and I was like, Hey, what's your big dream? Mm-hmm. And people often are like, "What? I don't know. But then they kind of noodle around. And then the next question is like, so when do you feel most alive? And uh, he told me when he was a paramedic, he felt the most alive. Um, but he, he had to stop because of all the trauma stuff in it. And I, so that's like seriously real. But I asked him, I was like, what about it? What about mm-hmm. it? that you yep. made you most alive what part of it was it? and he's like well i really like the medical stuff so i actually think i'm going back into some kind of a medical field once i get a little rested and recuperated from some of the trauma stuff but as soon as you ask people like when do you feel most alive so interesting to watch how they light up mm. i just always wrap up those really awkward conversations <laughs> no they're not awkward. usually people get quite engaged but yeah. it's just saying man I see that god gifted you to be that way yeah, that that's something the creator put in you, and so I just bless you to figure out what that looks like. And it's never been a bad conversation, Amy.
0: It's so good. I've heard it. Well, maybe I wonder for the people that might that might feel really pressur'y or feel mm-hmm. like overwhelming to try and think of that. What I mm-hmm. have heard, and maybe this is in the wrong context. So if this doesn't make sense, then we'll just whatever ignore it. But also that a glimpse of what you you're created to how you create show up and be is like okay what also what really grinds your gears yes it's an opposite way of asking the same thing which to me in my like brain i'm like you know what makes you feel alive is like oh my goodness i have to come up but it's like maybe that's just more my pessimistic bent but like man what grinds my gears or what do i see and like really gets me annoyed and bothered Okay. Feels less pressury to come up with like a satisfactory <laughs> answer. It's true. It's so funny how you and I are opposite. So that? I thought I would just throw that out for everyone who's hearing what makes me feel alive and feeling super overwhelmed like you have to have the answer.
1: So then the next question though has to be for that, what grinds your gears is just opening the door for people to complain and whinge and I've sure heard enough of that in my life true that was completely unproductive so what's your follow-up redemptive question
0: so then it's like okay what about that causes the frustration in you keep going right and then whatever they talk and as people are talking right yeah they talk they you start seeing threads of like well it's the inconsistency in people's behavior like if people are going to be consistent they that that okay so it sounds like integrity really matters to you what about integrity is so important? This is a full-blown coaching conversation. Have you ever tried this with a food server? I've not. <laughs> I have no clue. I don't talk to food servers. I don't want to waste their time. <laughs> I'm telling you,
1: it wasn't busy. And every time I've done this, it's
0: been a solid win, Amy. I'm I have no doubt. And, <laughs> and I've seen you. And it is a solid win every time I've seen you.
1: Oh, it's so good. For our listeners, I love this. If they were like, what grinds your gears is a better question for them. And then you ask all these other sussing questions. Does it ever land in a place that's like, how has God created you to be part of the solution?
0: I mean, yeah, it can. Yeah. So if this, right. So if these things bother you so much, what would it look like to bring? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I'm just thinking before
1: Zoom like blows up and explodes in seven minutes and three seconds. Um how does this actually become like a tangible next step for people focusing on this is what God created me to do
0: other than just what makes you annoyed? Yeah. And then it'd be like, okay, I would probably ask questions like, okay, if you know, you recognize the pattern of the things, not just situations or people, but the pattern of things, unlimited resources and everything. How would, how would you go about fixing that? What would be the solution to changing the inconsistency between what people are saying and what they're doing so very similar to your question like what does it look like for you to be the solution Mm -hmm. and i think i think that question that like what grinds your gears right is just is would be for people that like aren't even sure what makes them come alive yeah right as a way to start and then, sure. you know, don't stop there. Cause like you said, it will just turn into whining and complaining about all the things yeah. other people are doing. That's wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good. Um, I think that it's pushing on something in me that it feels like the people I know that are always grumpy and angry at what's wrong in the world. And then they're also just like trying to fix me.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. I can um, see that.
1: Yeah. So what's like a redemptive sort of, is there then an affirmative
0: way to phrase that? I mean, I'm sure there is, but I guess where I'm coming from is like the people themselves are engaging in the process. And so if all they want to do is whine and complain, then they're just going to whine and complain. She's sorry. It's where I'm coming from where it's like, okay, if you're not interested <laughs> in going deeper on this, then yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to be pushing you to go deeper. Cause that's going to be painful for both of us.
1: I'm just hoping our listeners can go away with a sense of two things to have the same level of um, confidence that Nehemiah had to say, I'm engaged in a great work. Mm. What is great work? Yeah. Like, how am I going to do my great work? So, trying to find a quick grab for people to then sort of pursue. You talked about gifts and assessments, which is good because it's really true. Because then they'll even give you like occupational things. But I think being focused strictly on occupation. Then when you're like sick on the couch with cancer for a year, Mm, you know who you are.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. It can't just be an occupation thing, but more like as you're showing up in your occupation, as you're showing up on the streets, as you're showing up in your relationships, what are you bringing into that situation that is unique and comes from the heart of the father? That feels
1: good. I like that. And for me, even so I could say, even when I was sick, if I know that I'm created to bring people an awareness of the love of the father, I could still do that. Even when I didn't have a job, even when mm. I couldn't leave the house, because I had a device in my hands that was a giveaway of communicating with people. I could pray, right? Like there still was an outlet yeah. that isn't
0: vocational. Yeah, that's really good. And not confusing our yeah. work with what we're called to do, because they're not yeah. one and the same.
1: They that's right, because what we're called to do will never change in our lives, regardless of the scenarios. Yep, exactly. So then we'll never try to compare ourselves to other people if we're in that in a healthy space, and we'll never try to compete with other
0: people if we're in a healthy space. Yeah. And I think the opposite is true. If we find ourselves that we're competing in comparison, it might be because we need a reminder of who we are and what we've been called to do.
1: Yes, I love it so we hope this was a little bit helpful for our listeners and that they will be having some you know really good curiosities and thoughts around where they feel confused and distracted where they might feel insignificant or anxious they will also know that they were created by God mm-hmm. to be a unique expression of him on this planet and that when we know that and can give a clear yes to that a lot of the other stuff is going to quiet and you'll go further up further in.